Can you guys think of a time where someone gave you loving correction that was like altering for you? And you mentioned one already. Ray, Mark, Easy, can you guys think of a time where it was like a game changer in your life? I remember one very, very distinct incident where I was a young believer and I was getting counsel from a pastor. And when I was talking to him, he sort of looked down at his watch and I noticed, I'm like, oh, he might be in a hurry or something. So I kept going on and then he looked down at his watch again and he goes, stop. He goes, in the last minute and a half, you said I and me about 30 times. <laughs> oh, man. And it just is that distinct memory in my mind of a realization of my selfishness. I was talking about this, and me and I, and to me and he, me and I, me. That same pastor, actually, when I was going to move on from the church because I said I wasn't feeling love anymore. I was a new believer. I was going to the church. I was in the youth group, and I was the hit of the youth group. You know, I was just like... Slim great, Pickens, huh? Great testimony. <laughs> there were two kids. <laughs> so Slim Pickens. <laughs> great testimony. You know, I was a gangster, this and that. And everyone was like, attention and loving on So then I, you know, after a while, I became old news. New kids came in. So I'm like, oh, I don't feel love anymore. Mm. I go to him, hey, man, you know, I'm going to be leaving the church. And he goes, well, why is that? I go, ah, I just don't feel the love anymore. And, and he had sense that the Lord had a pastoral calling on my life. And he goes, easy, let me ask you this. One day when you're a pastor and God gives you a flock and you don't feel love from them, are you going to leave them too? Mm. <laughs> and it was like, Pow! a ton of bricks hit me, you know, and that's always stood out in my mind. Whatchamacallit? Whatchamacallit? Come on, Mark. You have the, to. The candy bar? Ah! It was one of my favorite candy you bars. You remember watching? I used to pay twenty five cents. Throw a quarter towards uh, the sales clerk. It's weird. I got this like twenty five cents was like nineteen twenty. <laughs> they were. I so got good. this feeling Sixth of nostalgia grade. that just hit me saying that. You remember that, right? Oh, what you call it, Oscar? Do you know what you call it is? I've heard of them from Lure. 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 You know, like ancient history lure <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're 12 ray have you heard of what it was before my day no I, 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 no i've been in, i've been in the u.s since 1989 it was before 89 yes yeah so we didn't have them in new zealand oh well they had it around 89 because i was looking up commercials yesterday on it and just came to mind whatchamacallit it came out when i was in sixth grade yeah it was all the rage and now believe it or not they've got a new one called who's he what's it <laughs> Is that for real? Who's he? What's it? Is that for real? <laughs> oh, stop Tea Kettle Swain. <laughs> Someone called me Tea Kettle Swain once. Remember in a comment? Yeah. Oh, that was a good that tea kettle That means you're right boiling. There. Yeah, Wheezy E. Easy, your heart could give out if you keep that up. It's just... Uh, what heart? Goes. What heart? <laughs> if he only had a heart. See, you oh, going to here go. goes. Why did that make me laugh? Yeah. Why did my death make me laugh? Yeah. Oh, boy. So, uh, who's he, what's it? Uh, you guys remember being in Europe? You're looking it up, Mark. Who's he, what's it? Who's he, what's it? Who's he, what's it? You guys remember Europe? The glories of I remember the Europe. chocolate in Europe. Oh, is it, yeah, was it, was it Belgium? Mm, yeah. yeah. Or Brussels. And that's probably why we made it through that insane journey. 13 countries in 13 well, days. Remember what we're going to do. We're going to eat healthy and get lots of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we did anything but. Absolutely. I have a friend. Uh, you do? No. Who got married in Switzerland. We got to go to the wedding. 
And the family owned a chocolate factory. No. And Kelly and I got a tour and got to have as much fresh chocolate, like, off the conveyor belt uh, as we wanted. In Switzerland? In, in Switzerland. That's evil. I did get sick. <laughs> I didn't know you can, like, oh, if it does. get a, like a sugar high is a yeah. real thing. And oh. I felt like... I, honestly, I ate too much chocolate, actually. It was amazing, and then all of a sudden, I felt really uncomfortable, and mm, so no. don't ever <laughs> overeat chocolate. That yeah. Hard way. But friends, uh, forget what you may call it. Forget who's he, what's it. Forget European chocolate. I just ate the best <laughs> cream puff in the history of the universe. What, Oscar, you, Iranian... What, what yeah, cream puffs are, cream from what I, so I read a book called Everything Sad is Untrue, and it's a beautiful book. If you're looking for a book to read, it's one of my favorite books of 2022. Anyways, in it, it talks about the history of cream puffs as it pertains to Iran, and that's what you just ate. It Those was are unbelievable. Like, it was, I do have to admit, I'm still a bit kind of jaded because the puff stuff was purple. <laughs> the puff yeah, stuff. but what happened, I was, I, was, I was extremely disillusioned when I walked in there. You Royalty. two were eating and there was some left over that you're holding in your hands and you're raving how good it was and you, I was expecting you to say, would you like some? It was No, I, no, you said it's all gone. I had bitten into it. My I saliva had a was all over bit. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, you, I looked at the box and you said, it's all gone. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. I ate it on purpose. <laughs> that was too good. He had four of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Oscar, I was going to praise you, but you only brought two instead of four. Well, I so brought two of each pastry. There was better like nine, next time. Eight, eight to ten pastries. <laughs> Those in cream there. puffs are unreal. I'll get more of this. Friends, you may remember Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Boy, I'm haunted by her voice because back in the day when I used to work for my sister and her husband at their dental lab, yes, friends, I. Your very humble host used to make dentures. Did you really? Listen, mm-hmm. used to make dentures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My sister and husband had a dental lab. My brother has a dental lab. We do dentures, crowns, all that good stuff. Anyway, I remember I dried with my brother-in-law and he always listened to her. And she'd always say, this is Dr. Laura, D-R-L-A-U-R-A. And I always wanted to finish that when she said A and call someone a name or something. U-R-A, this or that uh, or the other. Didn't she say seize the day? That's how she, that's how she ended. What is it? Is this like yeah. a, a... It was a talk show. It was like the beginning yeah, of the Yeah, she big, was a psychology lady. I how mean, did she die? She no, died? on. No. Oh, you said Stop she it. used to... I don't, I just, oh, no, I don't know. I, I don't know if she's on the air anymore. No, she's not. Anyways, Ray Comfort had some experience, he's about to tell us, with Dr. Laura Schlesinger, D-R-L-A-U-R-A. <laughs> yes, I sent her a copy of my book, 101 Things Husbands Do to Annoy Their Wives. I thought she would appreciate it because she's always talking about marriage. And I slipped in one of her exploding butterflies at the front of the book. <laughs> and that's where you wind up the butterfly yeah. and you open the book and it comes down. <laughs> and it's really good. Anyway, I received a call from her manager. She said, Dr. Laura received your book. She opened it up and she's in hospital. It hit her in the eye. <laughs> she said, it hit her in the eye. Wait, it was serious? I thought she was, but she said, well, I'm just joking. Oh. She said she absolutely loved it, wants to have you on the program. I thought, she has 20 million listeners. I thought, this wow. is amazing. Ah. And then they called back and said, we read the rest of the book, and it mentions Jesus. I'm sorry. It's all ah. off. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah, I think she was of Jewish, Jewish background descent, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Jewish background. Yeah. Oh, boy, those butterflies. Yeah. We should Can get you imagine back. getting one of those while you're driving? We did that. We did the Satanist guy. Yeah, he, he we talked did it about that before. He went off the freeway. Yeah, did he really? Yeah, he got it freaked out. We need to bring him back. That would have been a terrible headline: Christian kills atheist <laughs> with flying, with, with flying butterfly. butterfly. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh boy. Well, friends, look, Oscar talked about loving something. I can't remember what it was, but it's evident Oscar loves no one more than me because just moments ago, he actually substituted Siri's name for my name. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Oscar, that was really cool. Yeah, I don't know what it is. There. Yeah. I'm knitted in your heart. All right, friends, we have a comment. This, by the way, is from podcast at livingwaters.com. Oftentimes I'm reading from the podcast platform like Apple or whatever, but this is from podcast at livingwaters.com. It's the email that came in. Good morning, guys. I'm so thankful for you and your ministry. Well, I've had the chance to meet three of you. This platform has introduced me to Oscar, and I want to thank you for your recent podcast on legalism and something Oscar shared. Guys, I have not cried over my sin in a long time. Recently, I was out of fellowship with my wife. There was a nagging issue that we hadn't reconciled. As usual, it was over my selfishness, my ability to demand my way and get frustrated when things don't go my way. The Holy Spirit was working on me with complete accuracy. During my bout of selfishness and treating my wife poorly, a friend asked me to perform the funeral service for his loved one because you're the holiest guy we know, quote. That comment crushed me. And the next day, Oscar, through the Holy Spirit, delivered the knockout punch. He shared the story, stopping for coffee on his way to work, how he was non-verbally signaling to the staff they were not meeting expectations, only to be reminded of his sister and what happened to her. I was down for the count. I think I know what Peter felt like in Luke 22, 61. Mm. I've often seen my wife. I'm crying now as I write this. I've often been impatient with her and made her feel like she's walking on eggshells, both verbally and non-verbally. The description of that girl at the coffee shop being frustrated... I saw my wife as that girl and thought, how can I act like this to the person I love the most? I began to weep bitterly, and this lasted for about five minutes. I immediately called my wife to repent and apologize. I told her what the Holy Spirit had done to me and pleaded for her forgiveness. She had the most beautiful smile, and she forgave me. Keep mm. up the great work. Love you guys so much. Oh. Wow. You know, we, we blew it Whew. when Oscar joined our team. We should have said Living Waters Podcast now has an Oscar. <laughs> we should have. Uh, That's such an encouraging message. And really to all of our listeners, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for downloading, for being so consistent, for subscribing, for sending us these messages. Because, you know, I'm thinking about that moment. I remember that podcast yeah, episode very well. Very clearly. And that was a, a moment of confession for me. Like I was grumpy that morning. And, and just to think that, the work that we do in our study, the transparency that the four of us have with our honesty and our failures and our, and our weaknesses and the one strength easy has, like the Lord uses all of that to go out into the world and to do amazing things, to encourage others, to glorify God. And so just thank you guys for all of your messages, your emails, your Amen. comments online. It's such an encouragement And your us. criticisms. Yeah. And your criticisms. Speaking criticism. of. Speaking of, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you all so much. And, you know, we're encouraged when we hear people talk about how they tell their friends about the podcast and share it with them. Sometimes it's just we don't think down that line. We're enjoying something. We're really loving it. And it's like, wait a minute, other people can be impacted too. And so that's our mission. We want people to be ministered to, blessed, encouraged, stirred on for the Lord, and activated for the proclamation of the gospel. So please continue to tell people about what we're doing here. This podcast is brought to you by... Are you having a seizure? (laughs) (laughs) How does someone go from that kind of seriousness to just utter buffoonery? (laughs) I wish on the podcast app they can like like moments and dislike other moments. (laughs) We can see what happens when Easy does that. (laughs) There'd be nothing but hearts flying right now. Yes, this podcast is brought to you by the Equipping Book Pack. 
Ray Comfort's brilliant ideas to cobble together a bunch of books that fit together. This is to help equip you. This has world religions in a nutshell, how to know God exists, how to overcome life's endless trials, anyone but me, undeniable evidence, and banana man. Ray, why did you do that? Oh, because that's what I used to do when I started traveling 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Yeah, when I started itinerating, I'd just sell book packs, five books for about 20 bucks. Yeah. And, and they're all evangelistic books, and people love buying them in pack. Yeah, and, and these like can them. all help equip you and get you started mm-hmm. to reach the lost. So make sure to check those out along with the Evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. All right, friends. Can you just say the Evidence Study Bible? No, he can't. Let me try. <clears throat> the Evidence Study Bible. <laughs> that's, that's the best I can do. <laughs> All right, friends. This episode today is about how to handle criticism and correction. Do you think everybody that listens to this program are our friends? (laughs) Everybody. (laughs) Friends? Yeah. Criticism and correction. You know, one of my favorite things to do... Is correct people? When I'm correcting someone, (laughs) I'll do that to my wife. Like, I'll jokingly, like, criticize her about something. And then I'll finish it off by saying, and you know, you're so defensive, too. (laughs) (laughs) And in such denial. (laughs) Guys, I've just got to take a moment. I've got a serious criticism of the three of you. Mm. And uh, I just want to take a moment to tell you that I actually am offended by the fact that you guys sometimes sound so intelligent it makes me look bad. (laughs) Okay? Isn't it funny how criticisms often come negatively? The word criticism, like, sounds as though it should be said with gritted teeth. Mm. Criticism. (laughs) So different from chocolate. That's why I like masquerading mine in in compliments. So, like, when we're done with the podcast, I'll often say, man, two of you did a really good job. Yes. (laughs) That's a great criticism. It's funny, Ray, when you did that. Sorry, just to... I had to do this now. When you're saying that, the criticism, it made me wonder. Remember we did the whole thing with Germans, how they say butterfly, the whole mm-hmm. butterfly thing? <laughs> I'm trying to think, imagine how they would say criticism. Oh, boy, that'd be over. <laughs> <laughs> That's their point. I think he just ordered dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do almost, that to me, Mark. Was just but there easy. is con- what's called constructive criticism. Mm. Con with destructive. <laughs> no, it's structure. speaks of building up, making a yeah. structure, which is what constructive criticism does. And if we knew when someone says, look, I've got this thing I want to talk to you about, if they say this is going to be constructive criticism, it really helped because we are defensive naturally I'm when not. someone comes to us. Mark, you always are. We're, men- we're going to mention it to you. We're going to do it now. All right? Don't be so defensive. So defensive, But yeah, Mark. so constructive criticism can be a huge blessing. Let the righteous smite me. It shall be as pleasant oil. Mm-hmm. Please, Lord, don't let that happen. <laughs> Sing a refiner's fire. No, eh? no. <laughs> you know, I completely agree. And I think actually it's really important when criticism comes. And the first thing we need to do is slow down mm. before we respond. And the next thing is to consider the source. Which goes to what you're saying, Ray. Is the source some atheist that's just trying to troll you online? That kind of criticism shouldn't penetrate as deeply as the source when the source is a loving friend. Someone who knows you, who loves you, who cares about you, who wants what's best for you. I love the story of Nathan and David in Second Samuel chapter 12. And we know the story of how Nathan approaches David with a story. But... I love verse one, which is often overlooked. Here's how that entire thing starts. So the Lord sent Nathan to David. Mm. 
So the Lord sent Nathan to David. You see, we all need Nathans in our lives. We all need somebody that is not impressed by us, somebody that the Lord could use to sanctify us, to give us, as you put it, Ray, constructive criticism. We need those people in our life. And when that person approaches you with loving criticism, that's when we should listen because the Lord may have repentance for us. Especially when it's a wife. I can take criticism from my wife. She could say to me, you look absolutely disgusting. Don't go out like that. <laughs> and I say, okay. And I'll you run. still do? No, I run straight to the mirror and change anything that she said doesn't look good because I really appreciate her criticism. Because yeah. it's always for my good and not for her own. Yeah. You know, Oscar brought up a really, really great point, and that is uh, <laughs> consider the source. The source. Who is telling this to you? And I actually wrote down three other points that I found. Questions to ask before you respond to criticism. Uh, what part of this is true? Is there any part of this that is true? Hmm. That self-reflection, good. pause, is really great. Second, how easy would it be to make the changes being suggested if in doubt, maybe even around them? If they have a problem, for example, with me eating meat, can I forego eating meat being around? Can, can I just let that go? And then lastly, to Ray's point, what does my wife think about this criticism? <laughs> does she see some truth in it? that I'm missing. So when you consider the source, when you consider the fact, can I easily bend and do that thing if it's not something that is a part of my conviction as well? What does my wife think about this? I think you'll be in a good good place. Yeah. It's good I to like take how... a deep breath, too, when someone gives you criticism or even sleep on it. Next day, you're thinking differently than you did the night before. I like how Mark's so quickly true. becoming the list guy on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's a list, list, list it out. Remember that letter? We, we read it a while right, back. That, song? that quote from uh, George Whitfield when somebody sent him a long one-page letter criticizing oh, him. Yeah. And he responded back with, and he said, sir, it's obvious you don't know me. <laughs> because if you knew me, the letter would be much longer. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I, I'm so glad you guys highlighted that fact because oftentimes we can be unnecessarily undone because of criticism that people have given us. And I think it's important to remember that. On the flip side of that, I think along with considering the source, sometimes we need to consider the substance, which means we need to look and say, despite the source, is there truth in what's being said? Because oftentimes I think we can make the error of just shutting it down because of who's saying it. Rather than being like, wait a minute, though, is there truth in that? And especially when the criticism has come from multiple sources, you really need to step back. And look, I've often said this, I can never see the back of my head with my naked eye. Hmm. Lucky you. (laughs) (laughs) The closest I'm going to get, right, is a mirror's reflection or maybe a video of it. But I'm never going to have the vantage point that someone else is going to have. And if 10 people are telling me, hey, man, you've got something on the back of your head, I'd be a fool to be like, uh feel around. Nope, nothing there. You'd wait till 10? (laughs) Usually 50, just to make sure. But that is important. You know, years ago, Rachel and I got just wonderful mentoring from this couple, older couple that just loved the Lord. And I remember something they said, and as we would be counseling people and they spoke in our lives and kind of helped us with that, they would always use this language and they'd say, you know, you don't want to be a rights defender. You want to be a truth seeker. And that has always stuck with me when it comes to people saying stuff to you. We're always rights defenders. No, how could you talk to me that way? Or, Or how could you think that of me? Or, you know, I'm better than that. Or don't be a rights defender. Be a truth seeker. Is there truth in that so that I can be changed and transformed? Yeah. 
You know, there's wisdom in receiving. But guys, would you say that for you at least there's a hate-love relationship with criticism? Because a part of me loves it and what it does for me, but there are times when it's just hard to take. And if so, what is it? What's behind that? Times it's hard. It's always hard to take criticism. Harry Stottle said... Well, his name was Aristotle. Said, <laughs> well, is that his son? Aristotle. Harry Stottle said, there's only one way to handle criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. Mm. So if you're going to do things for God, you're going to get criticism. If you're a public figure, you're going to get criticism all over the place. and You just have to be thick-skinned, whatever that means. Yeah, yeah. I think to your point, Easy, I like that truth-seeker mentality. It's almost like loving criticism confrontation can be like this heat-seeking missile that's aimed at sin in your heart. And if you're dodging it, you won't take the opportunity to see what the Lord is trying to reveal to you. Because ultimately, the loving relationships and people in your lives who know you and love you or challenge you, God is using them as instruments to sanctify you. And if your life purpose, if your life goal is to be like your Savior, to be like Jesus, then every time you respond poorly to positive criticism and confrontation, you miss an opportunity to be sanctified, to have sin revealed to you in your life. And I think the reason why we don't like criticism at times is because of our pride. Our pride holds us back. And that's why I started with, we got to slow down because what ends up happening, Paul Tripp says, we have this inner lawyer Mm-hmm. That comes out right away, ready to defend ourselves, ready to make excuses and and to be ready to say, no, 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 you got it all wrong. But before we hire the inner lawyer, we need to pay heed to the Holy Spirit. We love to give things away. We love to give things away. And that's why we will do that every single day here on the Living Waters Podcast. That's right, friends. We're giving away goodies for those of you who go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form. We are giving 10, believe it or not, 10 different people each week goodies from Living Waters, $100 value for each box. You'll get tracts and books and a podcast mug and all kinds of good things. So make sure to participate at livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. And make sure to listen to the very end of the podcast where you will hear the announcement of the winners every week. Hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we got to remember that when somebody does criticize us or correct us, I think if we don't go to a, the right biblical place, we receive it as not conviction, but as condemnation. Yeah. And we can't go there because it's never God's intention to condemn us because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody also once said, God loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to keep you that way. So, of course, the conviction is going to continually come your way. So, receive that. Be slow to speak. And Ray, I think, hit it out of the park. And that's just take a big, deep breath, say nothing, and just receive it. That's good. You know, I've been meeting with a brother lately who asked me to speak into his life, and he's an extremely accomplished, successful man. And Thank you. <laughs> and it wasn't Oscar, that's for sure. And he, he said something to me on a few different occasions as we've spent time together that has ministered to me. He said, man, I love to be corrected. He said, I love to repent. I love to just be confronted on my sin. And I believe with every fiber of my being, he really meant it. 
It's just, it's evident. Because every time I've spoken in his life, every time I pointed something out, first of all, he's got his phone out and he's typing notes as we're talking. Say a, a younger man? Around our age. Okay. Yeah. And he, he's typing Past in. his prime. typing in, you know, the things that I'm sharing with him and, and he's following up with me and telling me, man, this really convicted me and this really, and I love that. I'm seeing fruit in this brother's life because he has that heart. And so I think that, let me throw this out and see what you guys think of this. I'm just kind of mulling this over my mind. We'll throw it out too, no doubt. Yeah, throw it out, throw it out. Criticize it if you would. I think that in every situation, whether we end up doing the right thing or not, there's always the right thing to do and the right way to handle something. And as believers, criticism can always benefit us if we decide to handle it God's way with humility, with a spirit that says, Lord, I want to examine myself and I want to grow through this. Even though there's that twinge of pain or that hurt or whatever it is, if we decide to do something with it, God will do something with our hearts. You could have reversed that. You're the one that's bringing the correction. You're the one bringing the conviction, the criticism towards someone having that same heart. Mm. I'm going to, Lord, you know, this isn't how you win friends and influence people, really, you know. But boy, to find somebody like your friend who is a sponge and you can say anything into their life, they go, hey, no, thank you for that. I long to be that person. I remember many years ago, Easy, you had said to me, Mark, I want to give you permission to be able to speak into my life no matter what it is, hmm. whenever it is, feel free to just do it. And I haven't done that very often in things that I think I have spoken in your life. It's never been anything really deep, but you've received them the way you said you would. Wow. I appreciate it. It sounds kind of weird, but I think I'd rather be criticized than criticize. Hmm. It freaks hmm. me out if I see someone that's doing something and I, I'm the one that has to go and tell them. I don't want to do that because I know how I feel and I know there's going to be a defensiveness. It was Frank A. Clark, I don't know who Frank is, but he said this, Criticism, like the rain, should be gentle enough to nourish a man's growth without destroying his roots. Yeah. I think I that, that that really is... Ooh. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, Ray, I think when we're on the other side and we're trying to lovingly correct or confront somebody about sin or something we see, we should do it with humility because, and I think you do this really well, Easy, we don't know the full picture. Maybe there's something for them to repent from, to sanctify, whatever the case, or maybe we misinterpreted the situation, the action, the thing that's happening. We don't have the full picture. I can remember times where I'm like convinced this is what's going on. I'm going to go have a conversation with this brother and we sit down and the story is totally different. And so to recognize that we don't have the full picture and ultimately the Lord is inviting us into a loving conversation with somebody so that, as you said earlier, the truth can be revealed. Yeah. And really when we do correct others, it is an act of love if it's done with the right motive. I mean, sometimes people might do it to spite others and to tear them down and make them feel bad about themselves. But when someone has the heart to honor the Lord and to walk in love, it is a, a loving gesture. Scripture says, you know, he who rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with the That's tongue. so true. And, you know, you think about the people that had enough courage to tell you, especially those that did it tenderly, brother, this is not easy for me, but I yeah. care about you. I have no other motive here. You might not want to talk to me after this, but I care too much about you to let this go. I remember that happening to me 40, 50 years ago. Two brothers took me aside and said, Ray, and they're really gentle, we love your sense of humor, but it's used at inappropriate times. And they gave me a Bible verse, it's uh, from Ecclesiastes about the fly in the ointment, Mm. and how when the fly gets in the ointment, it ruins the ointment. And they said, just 
Watch your sense of humor and use it at appropriate times. Don't just butt him with something dumb when something's being... And I've never forgotten that. And that's the last time you ever did any eulogy. <laughs> I've never made a joke Bad since. use of humor, Oscar. <laughs> fly. You're the fly. Fly. Yeah. Fly. Yeah, it's so good. We, a number of years ago, had our children memorize a number of select proverbs about this very thing. And in fact, I pulled the list up this morning, and I want to share some of those proverbs. Proverbs 1.5, a wise man will hear and increase learning, and a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. To hear, to increase learning, to be a person who determines to be receptive that way, Proverbs 6, 20 to 22, my son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. Mm. You know, those instructions, the commands that we've received over the course of our lives. I mean, Ray, that story you just told about the humor, you've shared with me before. You've said, yeah, I remember these guys told me that it sticks with you, yeah. you know, if you determine to be a student of the lessons of life. Well, even in this podcast, that correction sits on my shoulder because wow. you guys are talking about something serious. I think of something really funny and I go, mm, I'm not going to say it because I'm remembering what those guys said to me. Yeah. And, you know, Proverbs 18.1, I think, really paints the picture for why certain people don't heed counsel or keep themselves away from those that can speak into their lives. It says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Mm. You guys ever notice when someone's living in sin and you're trying to speak into their life, they come up with every justification, every excuse, every reason. Oh, what's wrong with smoking marijuana? You drink coffee. You know, I mean, it's always like all these things, lists ready to go. There isn't, there isn't this heart that pauses. You used the word pause earlier. To pause and to wait and to listen and to say, man, first of all, to the point you made earlier, who is talking to me? Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I watch some of these young men who are getting counsel from older men that have lived life. They're not telling them, hey, I think this is how it may go. They're telling them, look, I've seen this a hundred times over. It's going to happen to you. Oh, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> right? And there they are a month later and I mean, it's just logical, but folly, man. Hmm. It really is. My, our new puppy, Lucy, was trying to chew a live socket the other day that was in the wall, and I really gave her a good whack and a blast and get back. You're not to do that and taped it all up. But that's what we're saying to the younger generation. You're going to get burned if hmm. you do that. We know this to be true. Don't fornicate. Don't get into pornography. Don't lie and don't steal and blaspheme because if it doesn't get you in this life, it's going to burn you in the next. Mm, Can you guys think of a time where someone gave you loving correction that was like altering for you? And you mentioned one already. Ray, Mark, easy. Can you guys think of a time where it was like a game changer in your life? I remember one very, very distinct incident where I was a young believer and I was getting counsel from a pastor and when I was talking to him, he sort of looked down at his watch, and I noticed, I'm like, oh, he must be in a hurry or something? So I kept going on, and then he looked down at his watch again, and he goes, stop. He goes, in the last minute and a half, you said I and me about 30 times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And it just is that distinct memory in my mind of a realization of my selfishness. I was talking about this and me and I and to me and he, me and I, me. That same pastor actually, when I was going to move on from the church, because I said I wasn't feeling love anymore. I was a new believer. I was going to this church. I was in the youth group 
And I was the hit of the youth group. You know, I was just like... Slim great, Pickens, huh? Great testimony. <laughs> there were two kids. <laughs> so slim Pickens. <laughs> great testimony. You know, I was a gangster, this and that. And everyone was like, attention and loving on me. So then I, you know, after a while, I became old news. New kids came in. So I'm like, oh, I don't feel love anymore. Mm. I go to him, hey, man, you know, I'm going to be leaving the church. And he goes, well, why is that? I go, ah, I just don't feel the love anymore. And, and he had sense that the Lord had a pastoral calling on my life. And he goes, easy, let me ask you this. One day when you're a pastor and God gives you a flock and you don't feel love from them, are you going to leave them too? Mm. Yikes. <laughs> and it was like, Pow! a ton of bricks hit me, you know, and that's always stood out in my mind. Did you still leave? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, actually, I, I stayed. I, eventually, I did. For two more weeks. For other reasons, but no, I did. I stayed another five minutes. <laughs> I think the Apostle Paul had that same sort of experience with Romans 7. I think he mentioned I or me, I think it was like 37, 39 times, and then you go into Romans 8. He doesn't mention himself one time, mm. right? Because he realizes the focus needs to be on the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And to think that Scripture uses this word regarding someone, Proverbs 12, 1, whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> the Bible calls Loser. <laughs> stupid. So, I mean, hey, it's biblical. Next time someone won't receive your correction, go, you're stupid. We're going to put out the uh, bibbly incorrect Bible. I mean, you know, so you can, what's it? Just saying the wrong thing. Yeah. At the right time. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you look at the book of Revelation. Get up on Revelation. Politically incorrect is me. what I meant to say. <laughs> Politically incorrect. What did you say? Bible. Biblically incorrect. <laughs> I was like, why would well, we want you guys should have been incorrect. on me correcting me for no, that. No, Ray, we don't want to correct We're tired of always <laughs> correcting you. You have to let some things just like... We're used to just editing it without you knowing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if you look at the book of Revelation with uh, John writing to the different churches and the different letters, you would see something positive that would come out before he would bring a rebuke. Yeah. And then he would sandwich it again with something positive. Typically, it was the way he had done it. And I remember we had a pastor friend at a church that we used to attend, and he would he would leave his presence, and you would think to yourself, was I just rebuked? <laughs> you didn't even know it, right? He did it in such a loving and respectful way that you almost think it was your idea to want to change your mind and to live differently in that certain area, whatever it is. He would talk about how you're doing well in this area, how you're doing good in this, how he sees this positive growth, and, and then in comes something that needed change, but, but and then he would follow it up. I call that the Christian sandwich. Yeah, he, he was a, he was a it, really it good Christian guy. It was like, man, I really like your shirt. You're the worst human being ever. And you're like, but great <laughs> shirt. <buttons>. Great shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. No, it, it's so true, and I talked about it in the last episode about Galatians six one. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you are spiritual. Restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, right? And I said this. I can't remember to someone in my family the other day, but I just said basically everything in life, in terms of our conduct, really pretty much boils down to the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of love. Hmm. You know, Galatians 5, 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, when you think about it, right? The fruit of the Spirit is of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And you think of agape love and all the fruit associated with that. You know, it's patient, it's kind, it doesn't behave rudely, it doesn't seek its own, it's not provoked, it doesn't keep records of wrong, it believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, it never fails. If you can take every action of yours in life and put it under 
those headings, man, it, it will transform everything. Mm-hmm. And it applies when you correct people. And especially when you're correcting someone that has sinned against you. And I, I've mentioned this before, but one of the keystone definitions of the First Corinthians 13 agape love is that it doesn't seek its own. And so oftentimes when we're correcting people who have personally offended us, we're doing it from a selfish standpoint. You hurt me, you offended mm-hmm. me. But when we're not seeking our own, we're realizing three things just happened. They've just sinned against the God that I love above all else. They just hurt themselves because sin always hurts us. And they've just hurt others because they're marring the testimony of the gospel. I love God. I love them. I love others. So now in my correction, I'm not seeking my own. I'm seeking God's best, their best, others' best. Therefore, my mode of correction will all be infused with all those attributes of agape love. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be kind. You see the difference there? Mm. You've hurt me. It's, no, no, you're sinning against the Lord. Man, you're hurting yourself. You're hurting the gospel and other people and transforms everything. Wow. Mm. That is so wise, easy. And the only way you can do that, I, I love that. The only way that I see myself being able to do that is with patience and time and prayer yeah. and time in God's word. Because if we're reactionary or responsive in our correction, how do you get to that place? You no. know, you have to do it with, with patience and grace and prayer before you approach the person. Well, I love what Ray said about sleeping on it. If someone has come to you with something or even if someone has hurt you, Ray, you've said this to me many times. It's foolish to make a decision when your emotions are running high. You have to disconnect yourself from that and settle and, and allow wisdom to take root, you know, rather than just going with what you feel. Zig Ziglar said, don't be distracted by criticism. Remember, the only taste of success some people have is when they take a bite out of you. Ooh. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's Old tasteful. Ziggly. Yeah. That is good. He was a Christian, wasn't he? I think so. One of, probably the beginning of the name it, claim it sort of type prosperity uh-huh. things where they had principles of stuff that they helped people with. Stuff and things. Yeah. Yeah. How that was, that was a funny little embarrassing pause, wasn't <laughs> it? We don't get them too That's often. rare, yeah. Proverbs yeah. twelve fifteen: The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, right. but he who heeds counsel is wise. Yeah. I mean, often that's really the heart behind rejecting criticism. Our way is right in our own eyes. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he said, let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am persecuted whenever I am contradicted. Mm. That's great. Read that again, Mark. No. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. I I said no. (laughs) Let me never fall into the vulgar mistake of dreaming that I am being persecuted whenever I am contradicted. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that, the the um, martyr syndrome. Yeah. Everybody keeps telling me yeah. I'm a blow it. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to everybody. And just Tozer in his book, uh, The Pursuit of God, mm. there's a chapter in there where it's called Meekness and Rest. And he talks about how we end up getting offended by the things people say to us about ourselves that we were saying to God about ourselves just the day before. (laughs) Lord, I'm so weak. God, I have such a, a, you know, a foolish mindset and my words are so down. And then someone comes to us, man, you're really, what? And we get all offended. (laughs) Friends, those of you listening and enemies, if you you really want to get ministered to, read that book and read that chapter. He talks about how, man, 
everything that people say to us and the, the price tags people put on us, he's saying, look, you need to be concerned with the fact that you're going to stand before the Lord one day. And it's really his estimation ultimately that's going to matter. And I'm talking about right now the discouragement we feel sometimes from criticism because there is that. We feel that, right? And that's us handling it wrong. Hmm. But we need to just remember, first of all, God knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. Hmm. He knows that we are earthen vessels. He, he knows that we, we are wretches. He saved us. We were his enemies. And so you have to remember, too, that even though you can't feel God working, he's still at work, both to willing to do for his good pleasure. And, and he's merciful enough to allow someone to come into your life sometimes to point out those weaknesses and flaws so that he can begin to deal with them in your life. Let me real quickly shift gears a little bit because I just thought of something and we kind of touched on this earlier and that's the reality of considering the source. And I'm thinking about like, especially for the younger generation who are so entrenched in social media, who go on there and see the kind of criticism, you know, there's girls that are body shaming other girls. There's guys that are bullying other guys on social media. And that could be a weight as much as we want to pretend like that stuff doesn't bother us. Sometimes what we read about ourselves from other people on social media can be a weight on our souls and going back to considering the source. And I would say finding your identity in Christ and your confidence in who God Mm. has made you to be. And I have this really cute and funny story about my youngest daughter uh, two years ago. So she was in third grade. Somebody walks up to her at school one day and goes, you're weird. And she goes, Thanks. It runs in the family. <laughs> she said it runs in the family. And I was just like, that's uh, awesome. And I think the reason why she had the confidence to do that is in that moment, she had confidence in the Lord. She knew who God created her to be. And so that critique, she considered the source and it didn't bother her. And in a way, it was kind of a compliment. It's water off a duck's back. I love that. That's right. Yeah, I love I love it when I see it in kids. I'm thinking of a quote. Oh, I found it. Yes. Oh. Okay, you've created desire. Tell us. Oh, no. Don't do that to me. Ah, yeah. oh, I hate that. When you find something and then you click on it and it doesn't come up. For our listeners, Easy is using his phone and he's swiping and swooping. And he- I don't want Pinterest. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, it was a good one. <laughs> <laughs> It's right here. I can't get to it. To be Here's the beginning of it. Really it says, no while you're looking for it, let me share a quote. Oh, wait, wait. From, I think no, I found just it. Just overtalk me. I'm okay. I would, <laughs> I'm not hurt at all. I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most gracious creature that I could think of for to have been born in God's... And that's all I can find. That's <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> that did not just happen. Why? Was that the quote? It's like a joke without the punchline. This is when the uh, podcast jumped Okay, I'm going to try to find it. So while you're finding it, let me share this stuff, quote Ray. from Albert Hubbard, who I really appreciate. Elrond L- Ron Hubbard? No, Albert. <laughs> Albert. A-E-L-B-E-R-T. Seriously, this guy is really good. The final proof of greatness lies in being able to endure criticism without resentment. Oh, that's great. Oh, that that's is good. good. Yeah, really good. He was. He that's was way better great. than whatever Easy's trying to find right uh, now. You're building it up too okay, much. Okay, I found it. I found no, it. I found it. I found it. Okay. This is by... George MacDonald, yes. I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For to have been thought about, born in God's thought, and then made by God 
is the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. Mm. Oh, man. I love that. It's saying, I'd rather be exactly who I am than the, the most magnificent creature because I know that God specifically made me. I was thought about in the mind of God and then created by Him. Mm. That's the most wonderful thing in the world. Like a butterfly. You know? Yeah, like a butterfly. Why is it called a butter? Fly. Have you ever tasted one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've got to have butter. Have now I'm curious, Oscar. Maybe that's what they put in those cream puffs. Butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it was purple. <laughs> it's that seasoning on popcorn in the movie theaters. Yeah. yeah, you're supposed to say butterfly in German, actually. flung, <laughs> flung, or something like that. Dessert twice. Yeah. So, friends, boy, this has been an edifying episode for me. Now I want to go out and get rebuked. <laughs> I desire rebuke. Mark's got uh, a list. Yeah, I'm sure he does. But yeah, you know, you think of all that the word says, poverty and shame, Proverbs 13, 18, poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction, but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. Proverbs 15, 5, a fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. And this one, Proverbs 19, 20, listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. So there's a lot like that, guys, but... Yeah, be open and receive correction. Be a truth seeker, not a rights defender. Mm -hmm. There you have it. Don't forget the equipping book pack and the evidence Bible at livingwaters.com. Make sure to give us your comments. You heard us share a comment from podcast at livingwaters.com. So share your comments there. Keep giving us ratings and tell people about the podcast. Guys, listen, we have a five-star rating after I think 1,300. Not after today. 1,300 people and uh, still one of the top podcasts in the world. Thank you all so much for your support. Make sure to join us again as we see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast, where we have no idea what we're... I think that was German. <laughs> Doing. Winners, winners, winners. That's you, friends. Those of you who I'm about to announce are the winners of this week's podcast giveaway on the Living Waters podcast. We've got Carlos from Lamont, California, Daniel from Jamestown, North Carolina, Ed Washburn from Tennessee, David Norwood from North Carolina, Doug Campobello from South Carolina, Ali from Falls Church, Virginia, Adrian from Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Joshua from Excelsior Springs, Missouri, Eva from Bow Island, Canada, and Penelope from Bardwell Park, Australia. Shout out to the Aussies and the Canadians out there. Friends, you can get this too, those of you who are listening. Just share the word and sign up for the Living Waters podcast.